We celebrate the end of an era 20 years later as we watch the final WCW Monday Nitro here on Kicking Out at 2 this week. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and joining me to partake in this celebratory trip down nostalgic memory lane, my good buddy, my co-host, my partner in crime, Dennis J. Levy. What's up, man? Hey, I appreciate you, Dave. Thanks for that nice introduction. That, um, isn't that crazy, man, that 20 years ago this was? 20 years where wrestling just kind of changed forever. That just makes you feel old. Makes you... I thought thought you were going to (laughs) have... Why is it that when we go back in time, everyone's like, oh, I feel old. Like, no shit. Everyone's going to get old, you know? Like I I get that. I get that standpoint. I'm just saying, though, like... Like, like, it feels like, 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 when people talk about, uh, like, um, like, Nitro and, like, you know, like, n- 1995 wrestling, and, and like, like, I feel like that was, like, three weeks ago. And then people are like, old school, nostalgia, even music, right? And they'll be like, oh, Raised Against the Machine, you're listening to classic rock. And I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But, um. So yeah, we're going to watch this. Now, full disclaimer here for those of you that are listening. For those of you keeping score here, WWE Network has moved to the Peacock uh, app, uh, the NBC Universal app known as Peacock TV. And uh, they don't have all their content on there. So from what I've been reading, for if you're a loyal WWE Network subscriber that also listens to this show, that follows along and does these watch-alongs with us, um, not all the cat, not the entire catalog is going to make it in, in the early parts of this uh, transition to Peacock. Eventually, everything's going to be there uh, by summer, by they say August, right around SummerSlam time. Uh, but I've just was browsing through the Peacock app and noticed that there was a fair amount of older stuff, but not everything is there. This WCW Nitro is currently not there, but if you're listening to this right now, as we drop this on. March the 24th, which is two days shy of the 20th anniversary of this Nitro. Um, You'll be able to watch it with us uh, here in the United States. For you international listeners out there that listen, I know there's a few of you out there in the UK and Germany and uh, uh, New Zealand. I think even a couple in Australia, too, listen to this show, which is pretty cool. Uh, Very humbling that uh, people from all around the world have the opportunity to listen to this. You guys can still participate in the watch-along. Um, and for those of you in the United States that uh, you know are participating now or listen to this following April the 5th, you'll be able to participate uh, or you won't be able to participate in this watch along watching it with us uh, until it gets released on Peacock. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there for everyone that's curious that's you know might listen to this right away or might listen to this following the 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 network um, launch on Peacock uh, the official one on April the fifth so uh, but if you just want to listen you want to hear what Dennis and I have to say about this show as we watch along that's great too I won't turn down the viewership uh, I got the Nitro book with me from uh, by Guy Evans uh, I'm gonna read some excerpts from that book on that final Nitro and the last uh, the, the 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 last da- dying days of WCW and how uh, how things had transpired and uh, an interesting story about two days following this Nitro um, events that transpired at the power plant uh, with WCW staff members and office personnel when they were going through um, you know the the, the the closing of the door so to speak um, but you can find this on if you're in the United States currently right now um, in March of 2021 uh, the 24th as the show drops you can find it on WWE Network by searching uh, WCW Nitro, March of 26, 2001. 
Uh, we'll start it from the very beginning. Uh, you'll, 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 you might see a, a commercial for Peacock. A uh, quick little advertisement saying the WWE Network has moved. If you're an international listener, you might get a commercial for toilet paper or the next Saudi Arabia show, whatever the case may be. But, How about uh, the in, uh, international listeners? No. Do they still get the app? Yeah. So it's, so How it's fucked up is that? <laughs> You're all, you know what? Why don't you tell our listeners how and I and I mean this wholeheartedly. Why don't you tell our listeners how bent out of shape you are I'm really about up. the network being I'm re- moved? I'm really up to we, we, because how I feel about it that that of course the WWE is looking for an extra buck. I get that, right? I really understand that. But why couldn't you, for people that don't want the Peacock app or whatever? Why can't we just have our the the, the stuff that we already have? I feel like they're just saying. But that, that that we are inconvenient inconveniently <laughs> that that uh, that that uh, no, that that uh, my speech I see up this upset I'm telling you folks take I, your time I'm slow 8. down eight point five out of ten that's why my speech impediment really comes in that 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 uh, that, uh, that, that but, slow your roll okay. just take your time all right deep we got all the time in the world there's deep no time press. restraints okay. here all right all right I'm almost back in planet Earth I'm like okay. in between Mars and the Earth right now all right that that, that uh, okay so why couldn't they Maybe, uh, did they even do a deal like like they're doing now, like with Peacock, whatever, give them the five bucks, whatever. But uh, lazy assholes like me, <laughs> why couldn't you just keep the price just as said is? It. <laughs> why don't you keep, keep the, the price as is and, and just let me just let me be? And then, uh, I feel like they're just like, all right, we all, we, like the way they're booking matches and the way they're doing the Peacocks thing, I feel like they're just treating us like fucking marks and we're just gonna, just like mindless sheep, just do whatever they tell us to do. You know what I mean? That's why I'm such on the fence. So like, I know, I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast. You can but, say whatever but, you but, want. No, 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 I'm just saying in, in text and in, in face. I said this a million times to Dave and Justin. The Rose and Booth brothers heard this broken record a million times. But, but, but I like, I'm almost done with this. I really am. I'm, I am almost done with the song. So does that dance. mean you'll never participate on this podcast ever no, again? No, because because we are retro. If we were current, I think I think my time might be near. Yeah, but that uh, I just we're talking about the good old days, you know. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. That, that uh, when, when where they actually thought like when like like you know when we didn't insult our intelligence, like had some Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheet could not have ice cream together. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they could fucking get pulled over on the Jersey Turnpike smoking a joint and both getting fired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that. Can't have ice cream, buddy. Oh, Duggan, you got the you got the marijuana. Oh yeah. Oh, Baba. Oh, thank you. Oh shit! Police in the car. Oh, hey, officer. Can you imagine being a fly on the wall for, for, for that encounter? Oh my god. You'd be a fucking pretty high fly. <laughs> Good point. In, in, ingesting all that marijuana that those two did on that car ride. For those of you out there, uh, you know that don't know what referencing Google Iron Sheik hacksaw Jim Duggan arrested on Jersey Turnpike. You'll 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 be in for a treat. Um. Yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. I get it. You know, me personally, I was a little annoyed by it to the fact that they were moving to Peacock and they were moving pretty much a fraction of their catalog. Okay? I don't, I'm no tech wizard. For those of you out there that listen to the show, if you know the technological capabilities of moving all that stuff to one, from one service to another, by all means, drop us a DM and let us know how it works. Um, and Dave, you know, let me stop you right there, right. too. The, the, talking about the technical stuff, uh, quickly plug where a listener can like um, message us or something. Facebook. All right, the Facebook kicking out of two, okay? Yep. And for the listener, Twitter. audience to kicking out of two who are 
tech squabby, if you will. Explain this to me. So Dave was showing me on the Peacock uh, um, app like the, the, some of the contact, right? So they go WrestleMania one, WrestleMania two, WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, and so on. But no, then all of a sudden, five and six gone. Then they go back, then twenty-seven or whatever it was. Twenty-eight gone. Yeah. That, that, Thirty-one gone. So can someone give my head a shake and tell me why is it so random? I, like I would get if they okay, they did one through thirty, and then the last couple or whatever. I would kind of understand that logic, whatever yeah. room or whatever. Yeah. But, but the, just to randomly select like some of the. I think it might be just like the individual content itself. They're just, I don't know if they're remastering it or if there's certain things that like in terms of trademarks and copyrights that they need to, they need to look over or to, they need to fix before they release it. I mean, it could be a number of different things. It could be different licenses that they have musically that they need, that they're still in the process of doing. From what I read in the press release, once you, WWE Network is officially a, the, a part of Peacock full-time after April 5th here in the United States, it, it should have every single WrestleMania from 1 to 36 and then 37 in, in, in just a few weeks. So, um, like I said, it could be one of those things where they're just trying to... They're, they're, they're in the process of this transition and they're figuring things out with licenses and trademarks and things like that. So that's just... That's just where I stand. Um, you know, I, I, I was a little annoyed by it by you, like you, as well. And it just I was, doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Like, like well, you said, I, I'm, a, I'm, la- and, I'm a lazy wrestling fan yeah. at times like you. Like, I didn't want to take all this fucking, you know, oh, now I got to go somewhere else. But at the same time, I look at it like, okay, from my standpoint, my household, you know, my wife and I, you know, when it comes to television habits, we have YouTube TV, which pretty much has everything that we want. But then there's the Paramount Plus app that, you know, my wife wanted me to get because she started getting into the Big Brother show. So she watched the older ones. Then there's other shows that she watches too. So, okay, that's 10 bucks right there. All right, so then you're looking at, you know, between 70 bucks with YouTube, 10 with there, that's 80 WWE Network was another 10 That was 90 bucks. But now you throw WWE Network in with the Peacock app and you have the NBC shows that her and I watch from time to time as well as movies too that's so you're getting that and i get the premium plus app so that's 9.99 right there no commercials you got the wwe network which was 9.99 plus whatever's else on peacock i look at it as like a deal for me and my wife in a sense you know that's how i see it but i'm with you i was a little annoyed and not all the content's going to be there and also for this podcast purposes my WWE, my WWE Network account was a library of what I wanted to talk about on this podcast, content-wise. Now I have to restructure things to the point where, newsflash, we're going to be covering some TNA stuff. Some older TNA wrestling stuff. Because I purchased the Impact Plus app for an entire year. So we might be doing some TNA watch-alongs and yeah. some of the older pay-per-views um, from 2002, 2005, 2006. Shit like that. So, um, uh, you know, it actually kind of opened the door for me to... Broaden my horizons, so to speak, of the good old days of wrestling. But I'm looking forward to discussing that stuff and getting into that. Um, but yeah, like I said, right now, United States, you can watch this final Nitro with us up until April the 5th. After April the 5th, you're going to have to wait until they release all the content in the catalog. Internationally, you can watch this with us anytime you want. So all you international listeners out there that, that enjoy the watch-alongs, by all means, have at it with this final Nitro as we get into it shortly. Any final thoughts before we that's watch it, this Nitro? That's it, that's it. You're done? Yep. You're good? You've had it? 
You, you got. I mean, I mean, I could go on all day. Right? I know you could, but, 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 but I'm just saying. I know we're, you could. We're talking about the last episode of Nitro. We're not talking about that the uh, historic that, night that, that the WWE put in the wrestling up our fucking ass. Well, they did this night too, as well. <laughs> if you want to, if you really want to, um, yeah, we're gonna get to get. To we'll that get to too. that in a we'll little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna get into this final Nitro here. Go on to your WWE Network app, um, or if you listen to, the, I'm gonna be referencing this a lot or if you listen to this following april the 5th around summertime when they release the full catalog you'll have to search on the wwe hub on peacock basically search for wcw nitro march the 26th 2001 once you've gotten there okay you're gonna see a picture of shane mcmahon uh it's gonna run one hour 28 minutes 13 seconds we might pop the audio on from time to time to you know you know promos, shit like that. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go back. We're gonna watch this and talk about um, you know our our th- our thoughts and reflect on you know how we felt uh, during the closing um, of this of this event and of this company. I'm gonna read some excerpts from that Nitro book, like I said. Um, and without further ado, when I say three, two, one, hit play, we're gonna hit play and we're gonna watch this back um, from time to time. I'll give you a, a timestamp just to keep you you know up to speed if you're on the same you know wavelength as us uh if for some reason my audio goes out which has happened in the past and we get cut off and uh, i gotta do a little magic editing post-production so to speak i'll still keep you up to speed as to where we are in this watch along so without further ado in three two one hit play we see the iconic wcw logo here and vincent kennedy mcmahon let's play the audio for this me vince mcmahon imagine that here i am on wcw television how can that happen well there's only one way you see it was just a matter of time before i vince mcmahon bought my competition. That's right. I own WCW. So therefore, in its final broadcast tonight on TNT, I have the opportunity to address you, the WCW fans. I have an opportunity to address you, the WCW superstars. What is the fate of WCW? Well, tonight, in a special simulcast, You'll all find out, because the fate, the very fate of WCW is in my hands. What do you think about that, huh? What do you think of like your reaction twenty years ago? Do you, if you remember, yeah. Vince McMahon on Monday Nitro? That um. I think the cat was already out of the bag via like um, like new out new outlets. Yeah, yeah, like they had already. Yeah, it was already reported earlier in the so, it, earlier in the week. That I wasn't they were purchased. entirely shocked, but I remember then, and I definitely, as I mentioned off 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 the air to you, that I kind of wish that this was going more just a tribute to WCW more than a storyline going forward with Vince and Shane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If they kind of gave them a proper goodbye or, you know, pr- you know, proper send-off. I think they would have been like like uh yeah, Ric Flair start off the show saying this is uh, as we all know, 
WWF bought bought our product. This is our final. This is our final show, and we're just gonna. This show is gonna gonna be a tribute to all our fans and say thank you for being being with us for such and such amount of years. You know what I mean? I think that would have been way more powerful than whatever that was. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be. I certainly wasn't against it. I'll say that. You know, uh, certainly wouldn't be against that idea whatsoever. Uh, as we see the 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 beach, uh, Panama City Beach, or is it Daytona? One of the two. I think it's Panama City. Um, yeah, it's Panama City Beach, um, where you know this final nitro taking place. Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson there yeah. at the. Uh, I didn't mind Scott Hudson. So he much. wasn't bad. Yeah, he wasn't bad at all. I liked him and Schiavone together. I thought they were a solid. He did group. worldwide, didn't he? He did worldwide. He did Thunder. Yeah. Um, he did some stuff in TNA for a little bit. Um, he had like a quick, quick run in WWF I was wondering, I was after the that. sale. He did a he did a, a match with Arn. An- he did the famous Buff Bagwell Booker T match really? on Monday Night Raw with, with him and Arn Anderson, okay. which was a fucking shit show. Yeah, it was him and Shivani, right? Wasn't no, it? Shivani wasn't part of that. Shivani didn't get the call oh. back. Shivani wanted a job with them, but. I Shivani thinks, and I've heard this on his podcast before. Shivani thinks he's been blackballed by the company even before he signed with AEW because of the way that he left in 1990. He was with WWF for one year yeah, in '89 to '90, yeah. and his wife said, "You know, I can't do this. Can't live in Connecticut. You know, cost of living's different. You know, I'm away from my family, et cetera, et cetera. Blah blah blah." And you know, Shivani caved and just said, "You know, I gotta leave." And so he gave his notice and he left. And he regretted it almost immediately to the point where he called Vince McMahon back and said, please, I'd, I'd, I'd love my job back. You know, I, I regret making this decision. I don't want to be here. Um, you know, is there anything we could work out? And Vince just said, you already made a commitment, so stick with it. Um, you know, yeah. and, you know, we'll, we'll revisit this at a later time. And I guess, I guess there were a few instances, Shivani said, following, um, you know, the, the sale of, of the company and this Nitro where he had reached out to them. He wanted to work in production and produce a lot of their um, their home videos, the DVDs, and the um, and and uh, you know things like that. And eventually, what would be the WWE Network? That was something that he had discussed with like Kevin Dunn and I think Triple H, um, but uh, never received any callbacks. So um, someone else who didn't receive a callback originally was uh, Ric Flair here, as we. Got to a uh, in-ring promo, which kind of signaled. Uh, I can tell he's what, upset. Did I? Did I? Woo! Did I happen to hear Vince McMahon say he was going to hold WCW in the palms of his hands? What he said, does that mean that you are going to hold Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk, Holly Race, the Road Warriors, Sting, Luger, the Steiners, Bagwell, Ric Flair, Steamboat, does that mean you're going to hold us all in the palm of your hands to coin a phrase? I don't think so. You know, 
12 o'clock today, someone very special to me said, do not go on that show tonight knowing it's the last time that you'll ever be on TNT or TBS. Knowing it's the last time, she said to me, don't go out there and cry. Don't go out there and say you're sorry. Because I'm not. I've been 14 times the world champion. In my eyes, for the greatest, you got it. The greatest wrestling organization in the world. WCW. We, I'm talking about the Stings, the Lugers, the Steiners, the Road Warriors. I'm talking about my best friend, Arn Anderson, and the Four Horsemen. We have been on a par, and we have been equal to any wrestling organization in the world. As a matter of fact, we have run neck and neck with you, Vince McMahon, for years. For years. And just for trivia, Vince McMahon, do you know that in 1981, when you were trying to become an announcer, your dad was on the board of directors and voted for me to be the world champion. Woo! How about that? And ever since that day, I have been a limousine riding, jet flying, kiss dealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, that along with the whole WCW, damn it all, have kissed the girls worldwide. I mean, I, I, we, we get the point here. He's pretty much, you know, kind of rehashing WCW history. Um, you know, he'll eventually call out Sting uh, for the, the, the main event for this Nitro. It wasn't uh, uh, Steiner and uh, Booker T? They were the first match. Oh, really? And Flair and Sting Jeez, closed have, the uh... show, yeah. Um, but here's an interesting, you know, something I wanted to share with you and with the listeners as well. Um this WWF deal was like an eleventh hour type thing. I mean, they had, there had been feelers, you know, between both sides for the better part of a year, but there were other people that were involved in, in in possibly buying the company. One of them being the most recent inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, Eric Bischoff. Yep. Eric Bischoff was going to buy the company along with a group of investors called Fusion Media, and Fusion had a deal in place. They had a letter of intent. It was announced in January of that year that. They were going to buy the company and they were going through a transition. Um, and part of the deal was was that they were going to retain the rights for the, the the television on the Turner Networks, TBS and TNT, for 10 years. And when TBS, or when AOL Time Warner announced um, a new president of television, Jamie Kellner, two weeks before this final Nitro, Kellner canceled wrestling completely and said wrestling will no longer be on the networks following this date here, the 26th of, um, of March in 2001. And then that was when, by that point, 
Bischoff was scrambling to try and then find a television network that was going to retain their programming because the TV was worth a lot. The, 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 the television rights was worth a lot. and But because WCW is such a dying brand, um, nobody wanted to pick them up. FX, I think, and Fox were two big networks that were going... The, well, the Fox network, which is own, owns FX, um, were in the running for um, WCW. And I guess Bischoff had kind of tried to finagle a deal and it just didn't work out. And then that's when um, uh, Vince came into play here. And that's how we got That's how we got to this point here. Um, there is a conspiracy out there that WCW president, Turner Sports president Brad Siegel, um, kind of backdoored this deal with the WWE through an old college roommate of his that works in the office. They used to work in the office in the WWF. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Look at that. Vince first, XFL, now WCW. You're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting sign there. Uh, but yeah, Flair, Flair is going to challenge things. You think, uh, thing. you think uh, TNT made the right decision? I'm saying the audios to this product? I definitely do. I, I the, the, the original plan, I don't know if you know this, but the original plan was, was for this Nitro to be like a season finale. Yeah. And they were going to be off TV for like six weeks to like, you know, two months or whatever and they were going to return and rebrand and Bischoff's idea was, was they were going to relocate to Las Vegas and they were going to be um, a weekly attraction at the Hard Rock in Vegas and and it was like a, they were actually building like a 3,000 to 5,000 seat like small arena so that WCW could host their Nitro shows weekly from Vegas right. headquarters was going to be out from there they were going to rebrand you know, there was a lot of talk. I think they had a not not, a, not an uphill. They had a mountain. Oh uphill. yeah, for sure. I, I don't I don't I just don't. Maybe I'm just being uh, arrogant, or maybe that's not the problem. No, there was a, no. I, they, I just don't. I just thought this. Two thousand one. Uh, uh, two thousand two thousand one. WCW. Yeah. That 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 uh, could you get any worse of a product? You know what I mean? I just don't think that could. I just but if they if they if they erase themselves off TV for a few, absence making the heart grow fonder. Okay, let's say two months they're yeah. off television. Okay, now you've kind of piqued the interest of wrestling fans in general. At least in my opinion, I would have tuned in to watch. Granted, I'm a diehard wrestling fan, yeah. but I would have tuned in to watch to see what they would have done after a two month absence, not being on TV at all, nothing. You know what I mean? To I, then come back for a big pay per view. Which they, were gonna t- which they were going to title it the Big Bang. Yeah, and then my eyes they uh, they did the old yeller. They, 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 they did the, the old yeller. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah that that that's safe to say. Um, here I'm going to read some excerpts from this book. It's the chapter called the 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 two Fridays apart. I think here we go. Um, Monday morning named the apparent culprit of the cancellation. New TBS had Jamie Kellner. The New York Times even suggested it was his call alone. Turner dropped wrestling in first decision by its new chief. Read the headline while the paper described the fusion deal as off. The cancellation of wrestling marks the end of an era at Turner Broadcasting. The cable franchise built by Ted Turner in part on the strength of professional wrestling. Mr. Turner, now the vice chairman of AOL Time Warner, began showing matches of World Championship Wrestling League on its first television station, WTCG-TV in Atlanta in the early 70s. He later used wrestling to attract viewers to TBS and TNT. 
Um, Turner Broadcasting said in January that it would sell its controlling interest in the league to Fusion Media Ventures, a fledgling media concern, but that it would continue to show wrestling on TNT and TBS for years to come. Everything changed two weeks ago when Jamie Kellner, the chief executive of WB Network, became the head of TBS executives at AOL Time Warner. In the years since 2001, wrestling lore has positioned Kellner's call in terms of a personal vendetta with one account alleging of his hatred for the genre. However, in a statement that is pure that is sure to surprise fans, Kellner outright disputes the perception. I grew up a fan of wrestling and once tried to make a deal with Vince McMahon at a different network, he says. According to Brian Badal, Kellner's hand was forced by a condition embedded in the Fusion deal. Brian Badal was one of the investors of Fusion along with Eric Bischoff. As part of its purchase agreement, Fusion retained the right to program a Turner time slot believed to be on the TBS network, irrespective of WCW's future existence. We structured a deal that was great for us, Badal reveals, but Jamie might have decided it wasn't so good for Turner. We had negotiated into the deal certain rights to the time slot in case WCW was canceled. We retained the right for a period of time to continue to program the time slot. We looked at the time slot as a valuable asset because if we were going to pay all this money for the property, we didn't want to take a risk on it being canceled. Of course, Turner couldn't be in the position where they had a valuable time slot with a guarantee, essentially, never to cancel the show in it. So my recollection is that when Jamie came in, he looked at that as being something they weren't willing to give. (coughs) Furthermore, the Times piece alluded to two additional factors at play. Firstly, the specific influence of Brad Siegel. AOL executive said Mr. Kellner, in consultation with the president of Turner Entertainment, Brad Siegel, decided that wrestling should be canceled sooner rather than later. And secondly, the desire of Kellner to signal a change in audience demographics. It was the first programming move made by Mr. Kellner under leadership and is an indication that he wants to attract more affluent viewers to TNT and TBS. So basically, in retrospect... Yeah, was it a smart move on Turner's part? Absolutely, because you know the, the 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 product was it wasn't valuable to advertisers. Wrestling wasn't sellable to advertisers, even WWF at that time. Even though they had a large demographic of eighteen to thirty four year old males, advertisers were not interested in wrestling. You know, so um, from an ad standpoint, WCW they may have had great ratings. In the, in the early 90s. But at the same time, their advertising revenue was the shits. Interesting, yeah. Another interesting story here about these two in the ring, Steiner and Booker T, as we're watching this match. Um, I guess backstage, Booker, there's a there's a um, an article in Bleacher Report. I'm going to pull that up right now, too. I got, I got notes. I got real notes for this. Usually, Dennis, you and I just kind of go off the cuff here. But I actually got real notes here. Um doing some research here on this on this final nitro um mind you this is for the 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 to unify the world title and the u.s title here uh this this show was titled the like a champion a night of champions type deal where every title was on the line kind of had a pay-per-view feel to it oh yeah somewhat yeah um and to me i've always been a big fan of outdoor wrestling i like the whole you know beachfront kind of setting it looked pretty cool yeah me too um so on here um WWF and WWE never really. I can't even think Tennis Truth like, like, like I know they had to been in like stadiums where like they didn't have a roof, but like they never had like that beachy like like 
wrestling. I don't and recall then, yeah, them yeah. doing anything like that either. Yeah, I've always said that'd be pretty cool. I'd love to see them do it. And I think there was even talk of them trying to do it last summer, um, in the midst of the pandemic, um, at like you know like a like like New Jersey, like or even like you know, beach area in New York for SummerSlam. Uh, but it was like a quick, like, you know, it, 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 nothing ever really materialized of it from what I understand. Um, interesting story about these two. Scott Steiner, it's according to the Bleacher Report article. Um, this article's from November the 22nd, 2013. Uh, Scott Steiner and Booker T were supposed to be playing their match backstage. The implausibly muscled Steiner on interviews, he called himself the genetic freak, was the world heavyweight champion, while the diligent, charismatic Booker had been eclipsing much of the organization's aging roster with his best years ahead of him. Within hours, the pair would be battling in front of a spring break crowd in Panama City for the title on a live broadcast of Nitro, the program's flagship show. But Steiner seemed concerned about something far bigger than a wrestling match. You think they're going to pick us, he asked? He was referring to WWE, then known as the World Wrestling Federation, the company that had purchased WCW, its last surviving competitor in the United States, three days earlier. For the past 29 years, WCW and its forerunner Georgia Championship Wrestling had been affiliated with Ted Turner's television networks. TBS and TNT. But now, Turner Broadcasting's parent company, AOL Time Warner, had decided to stop broadcasting WCW. The conventional wisdom amongst wrestling fans was the company felt professional wrestling evoked a pro- proletarian flavor that diminished its brand. As we see Booker T picking up the victory in this match here with Scott Steiner. Short little match. Nothing really too crazy to write home about. But from historical purposes, Booker T winning the title on the final Nitro. What do you think? What Now, all right. Let's let's pause here for a minute. What did you think at that time of Booker T winning the title? Did you feel like he had a shot in WWE? Did you think that like or WWF? Did you think that judging by some of the results of this show that we would see some of these guys on WWF programming? Oh yeah, I did that. that um, and a double down on that, like during the the uh, WrestleMania, like uh, I thought when like when Shane goes. He goes, he goes, you know, did this whole thing in WrestleMania. That that when he goes, now look at, you know, before he fought Vince. What's up, my boys, the WCW? Yeah, yeah I thought I was going to see Booker T and Steiner and Sting yeah. and Flair and... And who did we get? Fucking Sean Stasiak. Stacy Keebler. Stacy Keebler. Johnny Ace. Hugh Morris. Chavo Guerrero. And, and the funny thing is... Like you had a room, like you could probably fit twenty dudes or whatever. There was like seven. There's seven of them. And they're all, and it's funny too that you mentioned that because we'll talk about that on on next week's show as we cover WrestleMania 17. Um, but yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because they all look like they're socially distancing, and that was twenty yeah. years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all no one's sitting next to each other. They're all in separate seats here. Um, speaking of not socially distancing, we see uh, some uh, spring breakers here. This is look. This was from the. Uh, Spring break festival. I always loved this when when you had um, uh, Lee Marshall that uh, the one eight hundred collect. Yeah, uh, I used to love on that. The road oh, yeah, I'm in was, Daytona. Yeah, I used to love the nitros that they used and, to do on the beach, like in like the club yeah, the La Vila and the pool and, and shit. And, yeah, that was some wild. And the nitro stuff. parties, that's what I was looking for. Those were oh <laughs> uh, oh in your house, yeah, yeah. when they videotape it and they they air it in between the, the 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 matches and stuff. Yeah, those used to be pretty cool. I used to enjoy those too. Um, but yeah, this was uh, you know the, the the final time that WCW yeah. did you know. So we just saw a one eight one eight hundred collect. Uh, is that still a thing? I don't know if it's still a thing or not, but apparently they must have gotten permission to use the license. Uh, here's, uh, here's Vince again. Let's, that, 
Let's, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, let's, no, no. let's take a listen to this. Uh, believe me, of all the locations they could choose, okay, they choose their final broadcast to be some, you know, redneck beer joint down at, you know, where, some place in the panhandle of Florida. Now, <laughs> how appropriate is that? The fate of WCW in Mr. McMahon's hands, but Booker T is the reigning champion. I'm talking about the bookend on Scott Steiner. Can you believe it? Booker T emerges from the last Nitro on TNT with world heavyweight and U.S. heavyweight gold. Mr. McMahon talking a lot of shit about healing it up for so that he can, you know, babyface the WCW brand in the audience but what i'm sorry to cut you off what were you gonna say before no, i was saying you know, you're a prison guard so i i know that i thought you would know that answer no what collect was still a thing you know if it's still a thing yeah what because people make phone calls and that was like the thing that was like one of like their biggest uh their customers were prison that, 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 <laughs> i yeah i mean i don't I'm not every so you know i work in a prison from what i gather um so we see three count here uh evan courageous and uh Shannon Moore. I had mixed, uh, mixed emotions. With, uh, I thought they were funny. I thought they were a good little, you know, comedy act. They they, they, they got some heat, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, no, the phone thing. Uh, guys get PIN numbers where I work. Okay. Um, and it's provided for them. And then they are allowed six 15-minute calls a day. Um, and then it gets renewed. I, I don't know how... How, how the entire process works, but that's just the gist of it. But yeah, there's. I don't think they. I don't think they are collect calls. I could be mistaken. Uh, I'll have to. You know, I'll have to talk to the phone monitor at work about that next time I go to work. Uh, the filthy animals didn't get an entrance. Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah. They missed that. Yeah, you must have missed it. I only saw three count get, a, get an entrance. Oh, they got an entrance. So it's filthy animals, three count, and the Jung Dragons, <laughs> Kaz Hayashi and Jimmy Wang Yang, and this is for. The um, the cruiserweight. This is no. Oh, I think this is for a shot to face the cruiserweight tag team champions later in the evening, okay. which is Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo. Um, yeah, this was for the this was for the two week old cruiserweight tag team titles that they that they implemented. They wanted to try and bring back that 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 lore, that magic that the cruiserweight division, um, you know, brought to WCW in the yeah. early ni- in the mid nineties. During the early days of Nitro, there we see a Rey Mysterio maskless. Yeah, um, that, that dragon guy. That's 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 uh, Jimmy Wang. Yang, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Thank cow, you. the the, the yeah. Asian cowboy. I yep. used to love that gimmick. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I wasn't too big on it, but I, I, it served its purpose. It served its purpose. I'll give him that. You think you think you have uh, Jimmy Wang Yang in uh, 2021? I mean, yeah. I mean, you could definitely. Dust off the the, the the old cowboy hat, and he could make an appearance. I would say you don't think in, in the Royal Rumble or like or like even like or, or even like as you know a skit like a twenty four seven. I was more title. referring to like the cancel the cancel the cancel culture. You think that they would uh, appreciate a Jimmy Wang Yang? You know, an Asian um, redneck. I don't know. I mean, everything gets canceled these days. <laughs> you know, I mean that's just the way our society is. You know, should be canceled. Ray Mysterio without a fucking mask. Well, he, I mean, he, when he. Whoever thought of that idea, come on. I, if it was Ray. That, that was an Eric Bischoff idea. Oh, my God. And, 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 Look and, at him. and Ray, like was, a not, Ray was not a big part of that. He he didn't, he didn't really care for that. And then the horns wouldn't help either, but I'm like, but he really does. You look like a fucking idiot. Bischoff wanted to, to, to market 
him in a different way without the mask. And it just, it didn't work. Um, and he's even said so himself on his podcast that it wasn't something that, uh, you know, in retrospect was a good idea. That's a good, uh, famouser. Yeah. It was like a but double Moore, hook. fucking awesome. I always love Shannon Moore. Shannon Moore is pretty good. He's very underrated. Yeah. Um, I currently don't know what he's doing right now. Um, to be honest with you. Probably living the good life, don't you think? I don't know. I know he used to be married to a seamstress for WWE okay. for a long time. Um, I believe at one point he was he got a tryout to be an agent to work behind the scenes uh, within the last couple of years. But I think that changed because of the pandemic. I'm not okay. sure. I don't remember. I know that he taught some stuff down in NXT for a little bit, like as a guest trainer. Uh, but that's really about it. And then Evan Courageous here. Ooh, that was a good one. He did... That, uh, that wasn't bad looking 450 splash yeah. right there. Kidman still works behind the scenes for them, I believe. Kidman. Uh, I always thought Kidman was a piece of shit. His finisher, why? right? His finisher, the, the, the shooting star press. Yeah. It was either one or two things. A thing of beauty or a fucking train wreck that's going to injure. How many wrestlers did he injure with that fucking thing? Um... The only one I know of is that storyline they did with him and Chavo Guerrero, where he likes where his knee like flattened Chavo's face, uh, and then yeah. it, like it started. It's because it, he was in a tag team with Paul London, and they did the move on Chavo, and then like he felt bad, but then it turned him into a heel. Yeah, it was. I don't know that yeah. that, that fucking thing was was a time bomb. And the winners, and we'll move on to the cruiserweight tag team title match: Rey Mysterio and Kidman. Defeating Three Count and the Young Dragons on this Night of Champions Monday Nitro. God bless Kimmins. Oh, yeah, he's banging uh, Tori Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. He had Tori Wilson for a little while, as we see. Flair and Sting. Tonight. Tonight. On the final Nitro. That's a very fair way to go out. And, yeah. And, and you know what the funny thing is, too? Sting wasn't even on TV for months. He was off TV for months. And then he just came back for this show. I think it was like an in, something to do with injury. Yeah. Uh, I could be mistaken. What we got coming up next? They're just cranking out matches. Knowing that bullshit. Oh, here's Vince again. Let's listen to this. And when you talk about talent, you have to... Uh, I'm going to have to call you back here in just a minute. Talent just arrived. Talent Wait, just arrived. I, I thought a celebration toast would be in order. Well... Aren't you the look at pair of glasses you have here? With, and you know, if we really want to celebrate, though, I mean, this is a very special occasion. So if we want to celebrate, the real way to celebrate, Trish, is this, baby. <laughs> oh my. The Gordon Bomb is one of the moves I would not want to take. By the way, I fucking love Chavo's theme. You like this one? We'll play the music then. Here we go, play it. Top five favorite theme. It really is. The WCW one? Yep. There's the trumpets in the background. Ah, I'm I'm about to get goosebumps, I'm telling you. It's very difficult Listen, it's so simple and so awesome. Obviously, your celebration works tonight. But we do know 
Eddie Guerrero came on to that too, right? For a little bit, yeah. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think. I think they were. I think WWE retained the rights to that to to that music. Uh, oh, they did. Let's listen to this bullshit theme here. What is it, the Nitro Girls? Oh, it's not. Oh, this is. It's a dubbed over version. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not gonna play the audio for this shit. It was some dubbed over version of. I guess like Jimmy Hart produced this song with Shane Helms, um, called Vertebreaker, and yeah, it was pretty stupid. Um, I remember Shane telling me a story once that he actually Ooh, got cool. he actually got a musical credit for producing this song. Really? Yeah, musical credit. I wonder if it's on uh, the old YouTube or something. It might be. Yeah, yeah. if you just type in Shane Helms' Vertebreaker theme song, you could probably find it on there. The old WCW theme. Your song. boy looks jacked there. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. That uh. But yeah, WWE retained the rights to the Chavo song there that you like so much for a while. They had him coming out to it. Um, I fucking love on, it, on you know on WWE programming, and then of course you know them. They got to reinvent the wheel and do their own version. Which actually that version of his theme song was uh, was pretty funny. Look at this: an advertisement for Switchblade coming up on TNT. I never even heard of it. What, what was Switchblade? I don't know what that is, but that's interesting. That wait, was that the movie? Oh wait, that, that's the movie. That's Slingblade, right? Oh yeah, Slingblade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Slingblade, Switchblade, fucking Maybe, Razor Blade. Any, anyone who like Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah, Slingblade. Probably, oh, great movie, yeah. Great movie. And this was their attempt at trying to restart, like the 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 cruise, like make cruiserweight wrestling a focus. A focal point of yeah. their programming, and it's just something. But back to back matches, you got the late. tag team and then the uh, singles. Yeah, they kind of double dipped there with the tag team and the single. I would have just kept it as a singles, to be honest with you. I wouldn't have done a cruiserweight tag team. Yeah, because um, I thought that would just been a little too much. But uh, I always thought cruiserweight cru- cruiserweight wrestling was like cheesecake, right? You get one slice of it, it's so fucking awesome. But you get two or three slices, and then you're just like, I'm done, man. So like overload, like yeah, it's just that- too much for you. Like so, like so. You obviously you wouldn't be a fan of, um, like the Luchador Wrestling Five Live on the network. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I gave it a chance and and yeah, the, they had a couple of gems here. And I there was finally, matches, I was finally but, checked out. I I like Neville. I I did. I like yeah, Neville a lot. Pac, yeah, Pac, yeah, yeah. um, so I used to watch it for for Neville. Then they got um, I I get it, and I do too. Um, who's that guy up? Uh, Amore, um, Enzo. Enzo, yes. When when they when they put the strap on him, I was done. I, I get it. It just wasn't wasn't for me. Yeah. That whole uh, the that, fact uh, that he was like a character instead of like a he said the wrestler. same fucking promo seven times in one show. It was fucking nuts. Well, I honestly think like you can't what, teach that. I, I honestly I think I'll be perfectly honest with it. That was an overact. Like they were like New Age Outlaws over uh, Enzo and Cass, and when they, they were people. And loved when them, they so fucking split them up, man, I was like, "This is a terrible idea. This is a terrible idea." And that it just it just got worse. You know, it just got yeah. worse. I remember talking to Shane once about this night, um, in conversation, and he remembers, you know. He 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 would always he, he one of his famous quotes and he even said it to me too. He was like he goes all of us were worried 
about our jobs. Of course. All, all of us weren't sure where we were going. And if anybody tells you different, they're lying. Because every single one of us, well, once Shane McMahon walked in that room, we're like, oh shit, this is real. Like, this is really happening. And, um, but then he said that when they gave him the finish, um, that when they gave him the finish, he, he had, he, he felt like, you know, all right, if they're going to have me keep the title and win the title here, then they'll at least bring me on TV to WWF just to drop the title at the very least. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, that's how he felt, you know. Was there a cruiserweight division in the WWF at the time? It was a, they, they had a lightweight and a cruiserweight. When they brought the cruiserweight title over, they had the lightweight title in the WWF. The gun to the head, who was the, uh, did they have a championship? Lightweight? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They had a title. Why was it at WrestleMania? Because they didn't give a shit about the belt. Okay. You know? <laughs> I think at one point, like, X-Pac and Tajiri were, like, champions during oh, this time yeah, period. And then I think yeah, Jerry I Lynn, too. Now. When Jerry Lynn signed yeah. with WWF, I think they gave him the belt briefly too. Um, but then they eventually merged the. Actually, they didn't even merge. They disbanded the lightweight title, and then they kept the cruiserweight belt, the WCW version of the cruiserweight belt, and then turned it into the WWF version of the cruiserweight. That finisher, belt. no, thank you. If I was a wrestler, I would, I would not. Take that. breaker, yeah, no, that was pretty thank dangerous. You. One, two, three, and Sugar Shane Helms is still. The WCW Cruiserweight Champion. Notice how all these matches are like very short. They're just pumping out matches left and right. Yeah. Well, the whole event is only an hour and Up hour. next, Team Canada versus Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. I think this is a good time to read an excerpt from the Nitro book. Oh, come on. I love Landstorm. <laughs> Landstorm, yes. Sean O'Hare and Palumbo. Eh, oh, I could do without. And then later, we got Sting, Sting and Rick Flair. Um, who? O'Hare and Palumbo? Yeah. They came over with the belts in the Invasion. You remember that? I'm telling you, I blacked out a lot of 2001 wrestling. I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. I understand. All right, let me find an ex- an excerpt here from... Oh, we got Booker T pretty much cutting a promo here. Let's play the audio for that. WCW, I would like to say this may be the end of a chapter. But let me tell you, there are many, many more pages left in this book. So let me tell you this, from this point on, I will prove that I am the best this business has to offer. If anybody want to test me, step to me like a man. But I tell you this, I will prove that I'm the best to each and every sucker. And like I always say, like I say each and every time, don't hate the player, hate the game. Booker T, pretty much letting it be it, that. That to me, after watching that, you know, twenty years ago, I was yeah. like, they'll they'll bring him in. Uh, like, Booker T, definitely. Yeah, these two I loved. I loved Mike's Mike uh, Mike Awesome and Lance Storm, and even as a team, yeah. I thought they were a pretty solid tag team. I, I was kind of hoping that they'd come in together into the WWF, but was, was they, awesome. They brought them in separately. Was, was, was Awesome even for a cup of coffee in WWF? Like, I don't remember him at all. I think they missed a point. Yeah, he very, looks like... very, very briefly during the invasion angle. He was like in and out. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't, he, it wasn't very long. He looks like the, uh, the prototype for... Yeah, WWE I don't remember what happened with him. Uh, I don't know if he got let go or if he was hurt or... I don't remember. Um, 
but let me find this excerpt here. Um, it's actually not this chapter, the next chapter, which would be, is it conspiracy? No, 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 I gotta find it. Um, damn it, where is it? Well, here's something sad. That, uh, so they're doing the Canadian National Anthem right now, right? Yep. That uh, because I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan ever since the Whalers left. That that uh, so I hear the Canadian National Anthem more than I hear the, the American National Anthem. I know the Canadian National Anthem right now better than the American National Anthem. <laughs> I, I, I tested myself. This is a true story. A month ago, I'm like, uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the whole, you know the whole, oh Canada the the whole thing. That that um, and then I try to do, uh, you know, Stars and Stripes. I was fucking it up big time. And I, I, I seriously, I could do the. You're Canadian so un-American. I could do the the. I could do the. You're the a piece Canadian of national. shit. You know that. So. You're a fucking piece of shit. Because I'm a hockey fan. I guess, man. Jesus Christ, try to find it in this fucking book here. It's a long time since I read this. Oh, I should say a long time. I read some of this stuff. Um. Yeah, you see Vince and Trish here, Michael Cole, they're celebrating, Vince healing it up some more. Um, should cut back to Shivani and Scott Hudson pretty much discussing um, the whole... Jesus Christ. Yeah, so see, I just did it in my head. I did the Canadian National Anthem better than the American National Anthem. You just did... <laughs> You, you you might you might excite some of our Canadian listeners here, but to those in the United States, um, <laughs> is that my fault? It's yeah, you, yeah, you're you're a fucking prick. I listened to the, I watched the Toronto Maple Leafs eighty two times. Oh, here before. we go. All right, here we go. This is what I wanted to talk about here. All right, um, so this is basically an account from the Nitro book, chapter fifty six, one Monday in Florida. Um, recently, Jim Crockett, who was the you know promoter for Jim Crockett Promotions and it wouldn't be possible uh, WCW wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Jim Crockett Promotions um, he had passed away recently but this was his brother David who still worked in WCW um, up until the, the this last Nitro here um, standing amidst an ethereal backdrop at once hopeful that but heavy Crockett prepared to extemporize a eulogy conjecture aside he knew they knew that this gathering was final while surely there would be some meet again soons, call you on Sundays, and let's stay together, it would never quite be like this again. In short, this was it. I just wanted to thank everyone, Crockett says, of his speech delivered backstage before the final Nitro. We all had such a wonderful life. We were family, and the family wasn't going to be together again. We could definitely be proud of what we've accomplished. We did so many things that no one thought we could do because everybody stepped up. Everybody. Just to be able to adapt, I don't think a, a sane person could have handled it. Standing adjacent to Crockett was Shane McMahon, sent by his dad alongside a small contingent of WWF officials to oversee the end of Nitro. It's like they were expecting as Crockett begins. I don't know what. We're going to sabotage. We weren't going to sabotage anything. With McMahon looking on, Crockett summoned a stirring soliloquy, making reference to his father, the Crockett Territory, and WCW's creation itself. Ironically, while his protests against the original Turner purchase were unsuccessful, JCP was part of my heritage, he says. It was a stance that now seemed prophetic. In 1988, I didn't want to go into, uh, into a corporation. You get lost. 
Deftly and with a plum remnants of his own father, Shane spoke next. Somewhat convincingly, he described the situation as the blending of two great companies offering an olive branch so often promised in Stanford, Connecticut, an opportunity. Some wanted to believe him. Others couldn't believe their eyes. Meanwhile, outside at Club La Vila, a familiar locale hosting an unfamiliar ambiance, Spring Break Revelers raved all around similar debauchery, according to a legend, first took root in ancient Greece and later rather famously in ancient Rome. Like all great empires, however, both eventually declined. Backstage, the gladiators waxed philosophically. Some of it was caught on camera. Dustin talking about Dusty, Flair about Sting, Booker T in departure from the mood, talking of the future. Co-workers rushed to take photos with each other, faces old and new combining for one last embrace. A terse order soon broke up the procession, set up some space for the WWF people, they were told. This is an interesting story, too. I don't know if you'll you'll get this here as we're watching this, yeah. this match. Um, an hour before airtime, fans participated in a special pre-show on WCW.com, calling into the broadcast with sadness in their voices. Hosts Jeremy Borash and Bob Ryder offered their own thoughts on the passing scene, remaining hopeful that somehow, in some incarnation, WCW would survive. At about 7.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the voice of one particular caller pierced through the airwaves. He sounded especially familiar, but also dejected, opting to deliver a statement rather than ask a question. Listen, began the caller, identified by Borash as Vince from Atlanta. I just wanted to wish you two guys a lot of luck. Whatever happens with your careers, I really enjoyed listening to WCW Live. And if you don't mind, I'd like to give a shout out to my friends on VinceRusso.org. Oh, Jesus. So, you could kind of put the dots together that Vince Russo was the one that was from Atlanta making that phone call. Um, yeah, so that that, that was just, uh, just a couple of stories from you know what took place um, backstage um, at this final Nitro. Um, there's actually a great, um, uh, there's a couple of podcasts that cover the, 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 the final Nitro. Tony Schiavone's What Happened When, uh, WHW, um, covered the final Nitro, as well as Bruce Pritchard's Something to Wrestle. They had some pretty interesting stories. Um, and this is also, too, mind you, this purchase is a week before WrestleMania 17, yeah. which is the one of the biggest, if not the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Um, and, and it's essentially was like the exclamation point and the culmination. Oh, hey now, um, of the war being over and WWF winning the war. Um, as we see the audience here in Panama City gawking over uh, Stacy Keebler. Oh, well, I never really liked this whole like you know professional yeah, office look Hancock. from her. Yeah, I didn't really care for that. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that. I thought she could have. Her fullest potential definitely was a WWE. Yeah. Oh, for sure. A girl with three sisters, I'm not big on the exploitation of one per se, her and like the G strings or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like her personality, you know, the testicles and all that other stuff, it was fucking awesome. Oh, the stuff she did with Test? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> her and the manager in general, you know? Like her with Stick Scott Steiner, I thought was good. I like that, yeah. But, uh. But, uh. <laughs> and she wrestled from time to time, so. Or definitely, I don't even think it's worth debatable. Her fullest potential is unlocked in WWF for sure. Here's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, story about this this nitro here. 
McMahon of the WWF controlled Nitro's content regardless. His henchman requested the show script on Sunday night, but showed up on Monday with a radically different format, rewriting planned matches, segments, and videos in the process. One element that would survive among only a handful was the scheduled main event bout between Ric Flair and Sting, attributed to, in later years, a mandate from Vince McMahon himself. Back in Cleveland, the site of Raw, the mood was unmistakably tense, recalls former WWF writer Pete Doyle. It was kind of like knowing you're going to win a big game or an award. You know it's coming. It's in the bag. But until it happens, it's just anxiety. Bam Bam Bigelow and Sean Stasiak. Yeah. It was Wait a very a secretive day, and some things were planned that creative wasn't even in on. Not many of the WWF roster knew Shane was in, in town until some of the WCW talent called their buddies at the WWF asking, Shane McMahon's here. Are we fucked? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> look at this. Bam Bam Bigelow in a t-shirt. He looks like shit right now. He's moving around solid, but like him and Stasiak... Uh... <coughs> Excuse me, I just keep coughing. My apologies. Look at this. Bam Bam Bigelow. The main event of WrestleMania 11 with Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. To go working the final Nitro in a fucking t-shirt on the beach. <laughs> but look Sean at Stasiak. him. You could have that t-shirt on. You'd look even more like shit. Who knows? We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know what he looks like underneath. Look at that belly. <clears throat> like before it was like, yeah, he was kind of a fat guy. But like, he wasn't so bad. Dude, he looks like a fucking blimp right now. <coughs> Bam Bam Bigelow was one of the most underrated big men of all time. Oh, I totally agree. And someone that, if this by the time this recording drops, if it hasn't already, I could see him going into this year's Hall of Fame. He's been skipped over like three years, four years I in a row. I could in the Hall si- of Fame. No, he's never really? was in the Hall of Fame. That's nuts. They were going to do it at WrestleMania a couple years ago when they were in New Jersey, but they, they changed plans for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't remember why. Yeah, he would have got a you. huge pop in uh, Jersey. Oh, yeah, Asbury Park, you know. Yeah. Who do you think, um, two questions, of course. That, that who do you think would um, induct him, and uh, who would give him a speech? <laughs> well, his family would probably give a speech if his family's still around, if they would if, if they would like to. Was he married kids, anything like that? I, I don't know. I've never anything like that about Bam Bam. He could be. Oh, here we go, Regal and Vince. I have that jersey that Regal's wearing, by the way, but go ahead. We're going to play jersey. the audio for this. WrestleMania 17. A very, very nice shirt. I get it, but uh, you want to see me? Oh, yes. No, is that one of the jerseys you gave me recently, ladies and gentlemen? Dave gave me a whole bunch of uh, wrestling stuff. It's a bloody awful place. Nonsense that goes on there is unbelievable. I mean, I I don't want to second guess you, but are you really sure? I mean, it leaves rather stench in the air, and I wouldn't want to cause you know as much as I think of you, I wouldn't want you to get in any trouble above yourself or anything else. Thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner. I'm on the case, though. I'm sure you are. I know you would be, but thank you. No, no. Thank you. In the words of the Grateful Dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. (laughs) But I gotta tell you, I've loved every second of it. Wouldn't trade it for nothing. And tonight, on this historic eve, I thought I needed to thank all the wrestling fans from around the world for letting a kid from the Jersey Shore, Paige Joseph Falkenberg, become Diamond Dallas Page. The guy they said would never make it, but did. And that only proves one thing, that if you want it bad enough and you're willing to work for it, anything's possible. And it's not really the promoters who decide who's over. 
it's the fans. So, not just to thank the fans in general, I want to especially thank the WCW wrestling fans and my wife Kimberly for believing in me and helping me live my dream. Is that dream over? I don't think so. I think now it's time to take it to another level. Thank you. DDP there, uh, saying goodbye pretty good. Regal before uh, was uh, trying to warn Vince of the stench that was uh, WCW (laughs) for purchasing it. Uh, As we see here, it looks like a retrospective of some of the greatest uh, world champions in WCW history. We saw a lot of guys there. That's an interesting question. Going ahead, uh, not named Ric Flair, greatest WCW champion. Greatest WCW champion, not named Ric Flair. Sting. Yeah. Yeah, I got to agree with that. I'd say Sting. I was going to say Hogan for my answer, but... That, uh, you could you could make an argument Hogan was damn good, you know, because Hogan brought something different to the company. But I'm going to go... I'm going Sting, too. I'm going to go Sting. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of his runs weren't great, but he was still a great champion. He made the, he made the product enjoyable at times, you know. His stuff with Vader, Rick Rude... Um, so we see coming up next the filthy animals against primetime Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo and then Sting and Ric Flair closing out this Nitro here so we continue on with this goodbye this this celebratory trip down nostalgic memory lane of the yeah. final Nitro from 20 years ago uh, Vince back in his office probably talking more shit about WCW guys let's let's take a listen there yeah alright <laughs> it's just about that time I'm gonna get ready bye Just about that time, says Mr. McMahon. All right, never mind. There wasn't really much to, to audio to play there. Um, we see a clip from earlier in the evening. Yeah. Filthy animals winning. Why yeah. have they raise horns? I'm confused. It oh, probably wow. fell off because they don't <laughs> stay on forever. You know, I used to think that was stupid. I never really liked the horns. Oh. Um, I love this man. I Felix love Skipper? Felix Skipper. Elix, not Felix. Oh, whatever. But I still, <laughs> I fucking love that man. You love him so much you don't even know his name. Look at that. That uh, He's the, the inventor of the Canadian Destroyer, right? No, that was Petey Williams. Oh, got my Canadians wrong. Yeah. The, 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 he, that, uh, Skipper's not Canadian I either. thought he was. They put him in Team Canada like he was oh, Canadian. Oh, all right. And this fucking goof here. Yeah, Petey Williams. When I first saw the Canadian Destroyer, oh, I shit myself. Ever. I shit myself. Now everyone that does That's fucking it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you get one count now of the Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Destroyer, super kicks. Yeah, his horns are gone. Oh, no, he's got him back on. That, uh, but he, dude, at the end of the, anyway, at the end of the, the match, uh, the, the first match, he lost his horn somehow. Yeah, well, maybe he glued him back on or something. <laughs> and the match begins right away. You think that's what he did? You think they glued him on? No, he's probably got... I don't know. I don't like know what they are exactly. Eric, can you think about uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. He looks like a fucking douchebag. That, uh... Yeah, this is, uh... This match is okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, they were trying to... It's a cool move. Reignite the, the cruiserweight... Um, division. I once... 
read an interview with Rey Mysterio that, you know, like most of those guys, they were all concerned if they were going to get jobs. But he, at the same time, also kind of felt confident that, you know, he was young enough where they were going to eventually yeah. sign him, pick him up. Um, and I, re- I, I, I remember also listening to uh, the Grill and JR podcast where he had actually... Mysterio was one of the guys they first called out and just said, you know, um, would you like to come? And he wanted to come. He wanted to work, but he also had obligations in Mexico that he had made after the sale of WCW. Um, he was still under contract to, to AOL Time Warner. A lot of those guys had big money contracts through AOL Time Warner that were they were still getting paid out on. So... You know, and and we could we could talk about this at another date, but I'll just briefly mention that all the that's why a lot of those big names never went over in the beginning of the the, the invasion. You never saw Goldberg, you never saw Hogan, Sting, Flair. You know that's why the invasion sucked because you had the JV team instead of the Varsity Squad yeah. <laughs> wrestling the WWF's top guys. You know, it's because their contracts through Turner Sports and AOL Time Warner were ironclad. They were they were getting paid to sit home. You know, and DDP, who was, uh, you know, who we saw earlier, he was one, he was the first guy to fucking say, I'll take a buyout. I'll take a buyout right now. And yeah, it sparked business. And he, and he, and he wanted to, he wanted to perform. And so he, he worked for pennies on the dollar from what I've heard. I'm not saying he got a shitty deal, but yeah. wasn't making the money he was making in WCW, which was guaranteed to do nothing. Um. So yeah, he was one of the very first. I think he was the first. There's even rumors that he actually took the deal at this Nitro on on, on tell you know you know while they were filming this that they signed this deal you know and he had to kind of keep it hush hush around the boys. That's just a rumor I've heard, but I don't know how true all of that but is. That was the case. Why wouldn't he be at the WrestleMania? You know. I don't know. Honestly, you make a good point there. I don't know. Like I said, it's just a rumor, so I don't I don't take it as fact just yet. But yeah, that's I like how you said that the JV team. It's true though. I even could call them the JV team. I think that was like the freshman team. I really do. Yeah, uh, you could make an argument for that too. Yeah, especially with the guys they brought in. It was just it wasn't any. I mean, they had to they had to supplement WWF guys to put them in the alliance, and they had to. To get the ECW guys that weren't yeah, under, oh, con- you know what yeah. I mean? Like that whole thing was a fucking. It was a mess. Oh, it, it was cool at first, and then like it got old pretty quickly, you know. <laughs> when they changed the logo, and they weren't doing a show on their like I thought like the original plan was was that they were going to do a show on a Saturday night, and they were going to try and get a Saturday night time slot for like eight o'clock, and it was going to be like a. Like Nitro, but on Saturdays. Really? Yeah, that was the original plan. That, that would w- be kind of cool. WWF was doing. They even got to the point where they 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 started selling tickets, and it was going to be the the return of WCW, and nothing ever really had. That is an interesting looking suplex. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's kind of cool actually. It was like an electric chair crisscross suplex of sorts. If you're watching, you you, you you'll get where I'm, I'm I'm going here with this, but. Um, that was the original idea, a Saturday Nitro, and they decided to go with an invasion angle instead. 
Oh, look at this. I'm prettier. I'm prettier. Christian's finish. One, two, three. Kidman and Rey Mysterio leave as WCW Cruiserweights. They could have. Tag team champions. My gripe is they should have ended with like a tag team move. Like Rey like goes a, Like off, a double team move or something? Does a splash and then, uh, and then Kidman does the, uh, the uh, what you would call it, the shooting star. That would have been like a little combination move. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, there we see Sting. Sting answering Ric Flair's challenge. Did you did did you think that Sting twenty years later would be still in in wrestling mainstream like he is now with AEW? Um, I would watching it right now at this moment, maybe, but in WWF, I I was stunned that he wasn't like like the first guy that that. To go to WWF, you know what I mean? That that uh, and we know his story too. I don't know if you know his story. He was a fucking TNA. Why? Well, yeah. Have you ever heard the Have you ever heard the story why Sting turned down the WWF numerous times? No. WWE. It's gotta be something stupid. Not necessarily. I could understand why he why he did. Um, he had talks with Vince in '98 once his contract was up or it was coming to a close. And he stayed loyal to WCW because he wasn't sure how they were going to use him. And then he, you know, he was one of those big names that had one of those big contracts through AOL Time Warner where he could just sit, you know, sit at home and get paid. And um, they called him to see if he was interested. You know, he wouldn't make the money he was making with AOL, but you know, most of those guys, you know, they 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 didn't take the buyouts. But Sting entertained the offer. He spoke with them. And when he did, he uh, he was concerned as to how they were going to use him. And he recalls watching an episode of SmackDown. And there was some big like pull-apart brawl or something. And The Rock manages to stand face-to-face with Booker T., and he looks at Booker T and says, who are you? And it just kind of like, in Sting's mind, it kind of downgraded who Booker T was to the WWF audience. Yeah. And Sting was like, well, if they're going to do that to Booker T, they'll definitely do that to me. And that's one of the reasons why. Yeah, I, mean, I love Booker T, but he's not Sting. No, he's not. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But that was what, that was what Sting felt yeah, in his mind that they were gonna, how they were going to treat him. And so TNA came calling, and it was, and also Sting too didn't want to wrestle full time anymore. He was at that point where I think, like he, you know, if he was coming in, he wanted to work a very limited schedule, and you know, he wanted some things on his terms, and you know, to protect his brand, so to speak. And I think, in many ways, it worked out for him because he had, uh, you know, a, you know, close to ten year run in TNA, part time, yeah. making good money. Still, the sting that we all knew, you know, working with a lot of young guys, um, trying to help get that brand over. And then that was to the point where, you know, WWF, WWE, I should say, came calling and wanted to, you know, work with them. And, you know, we we, we know what happened there. I mean, it wasn't the best run. He lost to Triple H at WrestleMania. Um, I mean, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't what we expected of Sting, you know. 
coming as the hero and vanquish the villain Triple H. That didn't yeah. happen. Granted, feel- granted, it was a cool match. Yeah, I thought it was a fun match to watch with him and Triple H. But man, I'm still convinced that on that faithful night where he got injured with Seth Rollins, I think he was supposed to win the title. Yeah, I think he was going to go over that night. Um, I think I, I think it was going to be one of those scenarios where he was going to come close, like the legend was going to come close but came up short, and then Rollins just like skates by with the victory. I don't think he was going to win the title, but I mean, that's because in my opinion, that Rollins, uh, Rollins versus Cena feud was getting very stale, and I think they, I think WWE knew it; they could read the room, and they were going to try to do. That's why they threw Sting in there. Yeah, I thought I thought SummerSlam were going to get Sting, uh, Cena, Bomber. I really did. Oh, that oh um, that year before the Sting Rollins match. Yeah, interesting. Okay. But they threw Sting in after that with Rollins. Uh, was that after SummerSlam? Yeah, that was after. Yeah, that was after okay. SummerSlam. They did thought, Ro- thought... they did Rollins and Cena when they did the finish when John Stewart ran in the ring. Oh right, right was... with the chair and everybody got yeah. fucking everyone got bent out of shape because yeah. of it. But granted, the internet won because Cena didn't get the belt and didn't break Flair's record. You know what I mean? Or tie Flair's record, yeah. whatever it was. I think he's still tied uh, with Flair's record. Yeah, sixteen, right? Sixteen, yeah, yeah. yeah. But even um, that's disputed. People said, no, Flair's got 20 or 20. Something like that. Yeah, Flair said there was some sort of phantom title switch in like Puerto yeah. Rico for like Carlos Colon's promotion. Look at this. Him and Little Nate going at it. And he's, you see Flair wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, obviously not. Yeah, there's a t-shirt wrestler. You don't. Yeah, that's that's bizarre, but he was all he. I he said it in numerous interviews. He was embarrassed by the way he looked, and okay. you know that's why he he wore a t-shirt for this match. That's Jason Bam Bam. You see him, dude. The fucking guy was an egg roll. Come on. <laughs> so I, I got that i really okay all right interesting interesting okay um i mean this this match is nothing special here uh for historical purposes ironically these two wrestling on this nitro is um, not the best sting no it's definitely match. not the best sting flare match but for historical purposes it's you know it's yeah. cool to watch because they closed out the final nitro so what do you think? Um, they also wrestled on the very first Nitro, which, by the way, we covered in the archives. Did, did they really? How yes. Did I miss that? You and I, you, me, and Justin, we watched the final. Yeah. We watched the first Nitro uh, uh, last I remember, fall. I did, truth be told, I just remember Luger. That's all. That's all. I yeah, remember. the Luger and, part. Um, yeah. And uh, Pillman. Who did it? Was Pillman, Pillman and Liger, Liger. right? Yeah. Oh, that match was great. Yeah. Great match. Yeah. So this year is like you know a throwback to the match that they had on the first Nitro, um, six years prior, five and a half years prior. Um. Yeah, you can see Flair not in the staying in great shape. Yeah, Flair great not in the best there. condition great here. Drop kick. Like I thought, this was a, the a, his WWE audition. I really did for Sting. Really? Yeah. Uh, of course, I was wrong. Uh, for a lot of these guys, it was just like their audition. I think to some degree, yeah. I, I don't think you're wrong there for some of these guys that they looked at. Um. You know, like I said, I'm sure that they. They had talks with these guys with, you know, wanting to come in. But they had these big money contracts and they were going to have to work more. And they, you know, work smarter, not harder. You know, I just really money. wish, man, Sting was in the WWE, man. Can you imagine Stone Cold Sting and Rock Sting and this could go on and oh, on. Oh, yeah. If Sting led the charge for an invasion angle, you know, if it would, imagine, you know, Sting, Flair, let's say the NWO. Yeah. You know, Steiner. Booker T, DDP, Goldberg, you know. That would have been cool. That would have been amazing. It would have been the greatest thing that we had ever you seen. You figured out it was Vince's vision, but then just never... I don't know necessarily if he even thought that far. No? 
Honestly, I don't. Well, he knew. He like he's a businessman, so he probably knew about the contracts and stuff. So, oh yeah, you're right. Like I said, I'm sure that like they they probably went into it entertaining the offer. Like, all right, here you go. We'd like to bring you in. This is what we're gonna bring you in at. These are the dates you're gonna work, etc. Yeah. Um, we can't pay you what they're paying you, but you know, there's opportunity to make just as much. It's- which they which is their keyword opportunity. You know the way that they you know in, you know build the incentives in their contracts with these guys. It's all about opportunity. No, there'll be an opportunity for you. You won't be guaranteed to make this, but there'll be an opportunity for you to make that. But here's what you're guaranteed to make and how many dates you'll be working. And and it's pretty much a full-time schedule. And these guys didn't want to do that, which, you know, I remember reading an interview with Kevin Nash once where he said, I got paid 2 million bucks to sit on my ass for a year, watch TV and smoke weed and go to the beach with my wife. (laughs) That's what he said, straight up. He was like, you really think I was going to come in for less money and work more and, you know, get, you know, jobbed out on TV to The Rock and Steve Austin? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. Yeah. He's like, so pay me two million bucks. I'll go sit on my condo in the beach and, you know. This is time warranted, so I don't feel so bad for them. I don't feel bad for them either. <laughs> You know, I don't As feel bad for them one bit. They used the two million. That's their toilet paper right there. Oh, I know. I mean, you back then with AOL. Come on. Yeah. Well, that was the big thing. Is there was that the merger? The merger is what signaled, is what they started to see as the end of 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 WCW. Um, when they merged, and you know, wrestling. AOL executives became more involved in the wrestling. Even though the wrestling was making them money and they were successful, they became more involved in the hands-on of the product where it was like, all right, you can't do this, you can't say this, you can't do that, you know? And and guys who, like Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff had a great story about a meeting he had with a bunch of executives he had never met before through AOL. This was in like the summer of 98, and this is when he knew that the wheels were starting to fall off. And... um. He had asked one of them, he goes, what night does our show air? Referring to Nitro. Yeah. The title of the show is WCW Monday Nitro. <laughs> they didn't even know the na- what night the show aired, and it's in the title. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how fucking far off these guys were, these suits at Turner were when it came to the wrestling. But at the same time, it was also a common thread that they didn't want it for the longest time. When Turner bought it from Crockett, and he put in place, you know, guys that worked within Turner Sports to run it. Jim Hurd, Jack Petrick, those guys, Bill Shaw, all those guys that had no knowledge of wrestling. They were just pretty much there to oversee operations. Nobody want, nobody in Turner wanted wanted wrestling at all, you know. And the and the person who eventually did something significant with it was Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff brought it to a mainstream level. That's Eric Bischoff point. brought it from being a southern regional promotion to a worldwide brand that was on par with the WWF in the 90s during the war. Yeah. During the Monday Night War. You know, Bischoff doesn't get enough credit for what he's contributed to the industry and being the one to really put Vince McMahon's back up against the wall. You know? I disagree with you on that. I think he does get his proper. I, I really do. In what ways? Let's hear. That, that, uh, like people know that he was the like the uh, during like the the, the NWO era. Mm-hmm. People know that he was the the puppet master and that that whole thing. Okay, that yes, but I think what I think what people don't forget is how smart he was from a business standpoint. It, it, 
maybe this just because I'm a listener of his podcast and they go over a lot of economics and analytic um, aspects of the date of, of, you know, the, the behind the scenes, you know, running of WCW from a financial standpoint, like he's so smart, you know, and um, they, there's too much of the, the ATM Eric narrative that, you know, that, that, that gets thrown out there yeah. regarding him on all the contracts that those guys signed, you know, like the big money contracts, the guarantee, the creative control, Someone all that bullshit, right? So you gotta admit but that. at the same time, if you go back and you do the history and you can read it in this book, those guys were getting guaranteed money before Bischoff was in charge. Those deals were structured before Bischoff was in charge. Oh, really? Yeah, the guaranteed aspect. He does get blamed for that then. Like a guy bl- like me. He gets always- blamed for giving those guys guaranteed contracts, yeah. but... Everyone was getting guaranteed money before Bischoff was was the boss. Bischoff was getting guaranteed money as an announcer before he became the boss. Interesting. That's something that people don't realize is yeah. that when Bischoff Bischoff tells a great story. Here we see Sting and Ric Flair just finishing out, yeah. closing out this Nitro here, celebratory hug. It looks like five people in the audience give a shit just like we do here <laughs> as we're talking about something else. Then we yeah. see Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. What, oh, what's this? See, this is interesting. Oh, I think what happened was he told the announcer he wanted a proper entrance. Now, I remember this night. Yeah. I remember this night very, very vividly because my living room had a VCR and Daryl's bedroom had a VCR. So I recorded Nitro in the living room and Raw in Daryl's bedroom. And we had it on at the exact same time. And yeah, the rooms, tell, I was flipping the channel. And the yeah, rooms cool. were right next to each other. And then once we once this came on, it was on both channels. And we were like, holy shit, this is something that we never thought we would see. Yeah. Okay. Before I get into before we, we, we go back and listen to this as we close this out, I wanna just elaborate just briefly on the Bischoff, you know, ATM Eric narrative here like i said he told a great story once when he first went to wcw after leaving the awa he bumped into larry zabisco who he had known from his time in the awa and larry zabisco said as long as you keep your head down keep your mouth shut he goes you can have a job here for life he goes the contracts are guaranteed money and bischoff was like okay he was like, guys will work here forever. And they might not work as much, but they'll work here forever because the money's guaranteed. And that was the case. And, you know, I don't know if Bischoff had any control in restructuring those deals because I think that was Turner Legal that did all that. I think Turner Legal was the one that really structured the contracts. I think Bischoff was a part Sorry, of some... Sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. Shut up. You're not supposed to hear me, Siri. What the <laughs> fuck? My Apple Watch. Um, yeah, so that was what was... Uh, that that was how things went when it came to um, uh, the, the the guaranteed deals here. But this year, this is the big moment. Vince yeah. is going to make the announcement, and then Shane comes out and says, "No, I own the company." Let's play some of the audio for this. They're practically begging me to buy WCW, and I have agreed. There's only one small caveat that they're hearing for the first time, and that is this. Time Warner, they've signed the contract, and I will sign the contract. But I'll sign it this Sunday 
on pay-per-view at WrestleMania. And I'll sign it when Ted Turner himself walks down the aisle at WrestleMania and delivers the contract in front of it. <laughs> that would have been kind of cool. Like, yeah. That would have been cool as shit. I would have, I would have dug that. My dad regretted my birthday. That was a plus sign. I might like to have some input from some of you here in a moment. I mean, I could take WCW and just kind of like put it on the shelf. Which you eventually did. I could do that. I mean, I could sit back and watch those videotapes of Hogan doing that ridiculous whatever you call that. (laughs) (laughs) I could watch that over and over. Them talking about how they're going to bury the WWE. Oh, I get a great deal of pleasure just sitting there watching night after night. Sitting there watching the videotape backwards and forwards. Because you see, there's an old expression. I don't know if he ever actually does They that. used to laugh at WWE. Uh, that'd be interesting, there's yeah. There's an old expression about he who laughs 
last laughs best. Or the loudest. And you can see, I'm not exactly laughing, but I've got a real big smile on my face. Then again, if we don't take WCW and put it on the shelf, we could do something else with it. We could take WCW and perhaps turn it into this huge media conglomerate, much like World Wrestling Federation Entertainment is today. We know how to do that. But if we do that, I'm wondering, uh, well, who should be a part of this WCW? And maybe you can help me out here. Um, when I give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I want you to react. Maybe you can help me out a little bit, assuming we'd want to acquire some of those stars. <laughs> Let's start with Hulk Hogan up. Ooh, wow. I forgot about this. Hogan down. About the same. All right. Let's go to uh, Lex Luger up. Yeah. Boo. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Lex Express. Lex down. Buff got a bigger pot yeah. than Hogan and Luger. <laughs> Bagwell down. How about, uh, let's see, Booker T up? That's a nice pop. Yeah, that's a nice pop from Booker. Booker T down. If it says, does it say Sting? You guys are a mixed group out here. You gotta figure this place to explode. Uh, big pop up up up? Big Scott Steiner got the biggest pop so far? So far, yeah. Ew. Yeah, boo. Well, well, I, I don't know that you've necessarily helped me accept it. Let me just say this. Oh, Goldberg. Yeah. There are a few others. All right. Sting. You want Sting? Biggest pop right yeah. there. Well, this is very interesting. You see, I had a choice to make tonight. That choice was coming here before you in Cleveland and, and quite frankly, gloating. Which I think I'm doing a very good job of at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, right, Vince? Or, or I could do this. Instead of gloating... What I could have done was get in my plane and assuming they have an airport there, fly down to the Redneck Riviera, Panama City Beach, Florida, and walk out there and give every WCW star a piece of my mind. Because that's what I really want to do. But how appropriate is it that WCW's last broadcast is in a beer hall. <laughs> How appropriate is that? Surrounded by a bunch of beer-drinking rednecks. There you go. Heal it up, Vince. There are obviously a few here tonight. <laughs> nonetheless, I've opted to come before you here as opposed to walking in the ring 
and lining each and every one of those stars up, every single one of them, so I can look right in their face and say, Goldberg, Booker T, and all the rest of them, to look them right in the face and say, you're fired. <laughs>
Dead, that's just the opportunity that I was looking for. Because, Dad, the deal is finalized with WCW. And the name on the contract does say McMahon. Oh boy! But I don't like about that promo though. It does give you hope in life that there's gonna be a WCW. WCW. Yeah, I same. That was cruel. Yeah, to me, I, I was. There, like you said, you, they, you mentioned they had plans for that Saturday show, but it was defend, definitive. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. That, 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 That's what I'm that, here for. That, that uh, you say that. But it was like wishy washy. You, uh, you just say, "Yeah, I don't I got know. it." Neener, neener, neener. See, you, see you at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I honestly think it should. It, it, I didn't mind this necessarily, like him announcing that he owned it. I wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't have assembled the angle so soon after it. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have. I, I would have waited a little bit. You know, I would have waited to see things play out. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have had, um, I, w- I wouldn't have had, um, you know, them do the invasion angle, you know, two months, I think it was like a month or two after they started doing it. Uh, that's just me personally. Um, as we see here, the good, good night and goodbye satellite from the, 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 the final nitro. Um, I don't remember this happening, but, um, yeah, it was, uh. It was it was a goodbye from the the WCW crew. As this watch along has come to a close. Before we uh, before we close out, I want to read this because this is interesting. This is something I never knew happened um, on Wednesday, March twenty eighth. This is courtesy of the Nitro Book, uh, March twenty eighth, two thousand one. WCW officially began the process of closing down. As per Brad Siegel's memo, its employees were summoned to the power plant in Smyrna, Georgia to receive further information about the WWF purchase. In anticipation of being fired, some particularly savvy staff members took preemptive measures ahead of time securing valuable mementos from the log cabin facility. Even still, much of the company paraphernalia remained on display as the workers filed in destined to end up in a WWF warehouse. They gathered everyone in the back area where... We had the wrestling school notes, Rob Garner. All the banners from the pay-per-views were hanging back there. I'm standing there looking at all the history around me, and here's someone from the WWF standing in one of our rings. It was so weird just being there knowing it was over. Alongside an unidentified WWF representative, Loretta Walker, Turner's vice president of human resources, addressed the group upon arrival. According to several witnesses, Walker advised that all positions would be terminated effective March 30th with severance packages forthcoming. Employees recalled the WWF rep saying little aside from a vague promise of opportunity and acknowledgement of WCW as great competition for all these years. While before the meeting, there remained some hopeful optimism, perhaps owing 
at least somewhat, to Shane McMahon's allusion to a merger. The hopes soon vanished once staff were given boxes to collect their belongings. They were organized into groups of 10, told to remove everything from their desks, and instructed to see a Turner rep to discuss Severance paperwork. They had the police there checking us, says David Crockett. All the phones were cut off and the computers were too, supposedly to stop us from downloading anything or taking anything. They locked the whole place down and you were searched by a a police officer. A WWF guy was there and I didn't even know who he was. I had several boxes with me and he said, you can't take that stuff. I said, yes, I can. It's mine. It really was an insult. We stood in line while security checked through everything in our boxes, remembers Chris Larson. It was a rather rude way for things to wrap up. Concurrent to the office clearing, an important transaction was in progress, Once one that was integral to the WCW sale itself. A WWF employee demanded to know where the tape library was and instructed everyone not to take anything, reports an anonymous former employee. The tapes were reportedly disorganized upon retrieval, ultimately becoming a cornerstone of the WWE Network launched in February of 2014. Interestingly, according to another source, a section of the exit paperwork attributed not the the WWF purchase as causing WCW shutdown, but rather the AOL Time Warner merger. In any event, the deal was done. There was no going back. One fact underscored when everyone left the building, our ID cards were immediately deactivated, said the source. It was a real sad experience, remembers Greg Prince. I was having a tremendous time working at WCW. It was a real challenging, fun, and exciting work environment. But I recall sitting in the building in Smyrna and having the Turner HR people over from downtown. They gave every, they gave everyone the news, and people were crying because a lot of those people had been in WCW forever. They were looking at it like there probably isn't a different option for me within Turner Broadcasting. In fact, there have been rumblings, even assurances, some say, that some WCW staff would be reassigned, a promise that helped cushion the blow of being terminated. Inevitably, however, in perhaps the final parting shot of TBS's association with wrestling, nothing ever materialized. And that right there, my friend, proves to me that WCW was never wanted by Turner executives. Absolutely. With the way that they just kind of handled the exit and the sale of the purchase of... of, of, uh, you know, WCW through the WWF. So, my question to you is, what are your final thoughts on this final Nitro? Stuff that we've uh, discussed in the book uh, before we close this watch-along out here. Um, I have mixed emotions. That, uh, I get it, WrestleMania was around the corner, so they're trying to do the old Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon angle whatever. But, in good taste, people lost their jobs and, like, the, and you know some of these wrestlers are probably never going to wrestle again, at least not with each other and stuff like that. They should have made it like a goodbye show. Like 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 I, like I said, start off with, with Flair. Let them run thing. it. Let them do yeah, it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And have them, have them like a goodbye. Said that their goodbye was a fucking satellite message. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I didn't... Actually, there was... Before that, I should I should say, there was... Um... There was a um, a quote from uh, from Tony Schiavone that was on the broadcast that we didn't I didn't play the audio for I w- I'll I'll read it to you here. Um, hold on, there's flares here. Um, trying to find it here. It's Shivani. Yeah, it's Shivani here. Okay. Um, it's been an emotional roller coaster for all of us fans, Shivani said in the heartfelt final address. The uncertainty of our jobs, our future, of what we love, of what we breathe, of what we live, 
We don't just work for WCW. We live WCW. And I know Flair, Sting, and the fans would agree. Um, yeah, that was really the, the, the gist of it there. Um, and Shivani would go on to say that like he closed the chapter of wrestling in his life after that. He made one brief appearance for TNA yeah. in 2003 and realized that he was done with wrestling. But obviously he's back now, some many years later. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right in the sense that I would have liked to have seen a goodbye show. I didn't mind the angle with Shane. Because it left you, gave you some promise, but what they followed up with was just, it was it was hot garbage. It was trash. I was really kind of hoping that, like, maybe that's how they introduced Bischoff. Maybe Bischoff, in his hatred for Vince, that was the big narrative in the dirt sheets, had conned Vin- Vince's son, Shane, to buy WCW so that they could take them out. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. thought, like, we would have saw something like that. Um, but we didn't. Uh, but nonetheless... Um, a historical night in wrestling and definitely changed wrestling for the better part of 18 years before, you know, AEW came around and before, you know, I wouldn't say wrestling's hot like it was because yeah. it certainly isn't during, you know, and a pandemic, they, but I mean. Uh, AEW is doing cartwheels because they get barely a million viewers. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I think we're also in a different time. Television viewership's a little bit different, yeah, you know, yeah. got, got a lot of different factors playing to it. But I appreciate your time as always. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Thank you very much, Dennis, pleasure, for, uh, yeah. for for being a part of this. Next week, we're going to have a lot more fun because we're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania 17 very in trading show. places format. That's right. We're going to take the greatest WrestleMania of all time, in my opinion, and we're going to trade places. We're going to play role reversal with each and every finish to the match and see if it's still the greatest WrestleMania of all time. That's right. WrestleMania 17 goes trading places next week here on Kicking Out of 2. And the following week... The following week, we're going to celebrate the 35-year anniversary on the date of WrestleMania 2. And Dennis and I give you the oh, worst God. WrestleMania 2 recap in history. We've watched it. Now we're going to talk about it, and we're going to we're going to we're going to be brutally honest about this WrestleMania. Yeah. 35 years to the day, April the 7th, in two weeks' time. Um, we might have some WrestleMania bonus content coming up. Uh, something you might be interested in. Maybe doing like a little bonus watch-alongs and some matches. Absolutely. Got any ideas that you want to throw out there? Uh, that um, maybe we do like a uh, dealer's choice. Like my favorite WrestleMania match of all time is uh, Jericho Shawn Michaels. So maybe we got get like something like that. I okay. Know. I you know what? All right. I like that idea. Uh, Jericho Shawn Michaels from nineteen. 19, yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah, Kick them right in the balls. Yeah. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Dealer done. We've got it. Jericho Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 19 will be part of the bonus content we might be releasing for WrestleMania weekend. I'm going to throw out some bonus WrestleMania matches. Um, or I even got a better idea. We could watch the wor- what you consider the worst WrestleMania main event of all time. You want to do that? Sure, absolutely. Nah, I don't want Actually, you know what? I don't want to, you know. You've already had to deal with watching WrestleMania 2 to recap with this with me in a so, couple of weeks. So I, I have a feeling that, you know, you might not be, you might not have too much left. So we're splitting here. So what did, I, what did I decide on? What was it? Uh, what was it? 10 or nine? That, 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 you no, said nine right. was the worst. Yeah. One I had to go with nine. Yeah. yeah. Nine was the worst that. one ever because of the Hogan involvement. Yeah. But you know, what? We'll, 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 we'll decide. We'll figure out, you know, but we should have some WrestleMania bonus content up for you guys. Um, in the coming weeks um, as we get closer to WrestleMania. So with that being said, I think it's about that time that we put this Nitro watch along down for the three count, and we'll see you all next week.